the shaken and disturbed every but D. Now listen. But Z. But Z. I am Darren Carp, and I'm here with the number one mom uh, to the stars. Yep. Johnny that's true. Boy Thrasher. That's the name on his birth certificate, and that's what we're going with. Johnny Boy, <laughs> we're not in person today because I am not on the East Coast, but you're still a New Yorker, right? Right now? I'm still a New Yorker as of this recording. That's true. Okay. By the way, before I forget, um, Darren has a doorman in her building, and when I showed up to her apartment the other day, he, I don't know if people know this, but in New York, when you have a doorman, you, you say, you announce your arrival, they call up to Darren. And they're like, hey, you're for, you're, you know, your person's here. Can they well, come Well, for up? me, they they're... trump it, and then they have to pull out the whole red carpet. That's true. I'm royalty. Like, let's be fair. They have all kinds Thank of you. pumps and circumstances for you. That's Thank true. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I told the doorman, I was, he was like, what's your name? And I was like, can you just say that Johnny Boy has arrived? And he was like, J- uh, but okay, yes, sure, no problem. And sure enough, Darren, he called and said, hi, Darren, Johnny Boy is down in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, up, send him right up. Send that Johnny was, Boy right up. Yep. They always uh, they always like mess with me, too. I love my doorman and everything. And oh, it was yeah. honestly so great. Like, I felt so rushed seeing you because I had... As I we, know, me as, too. As we know from my last week's recording, the boy has made an appearance. and the That's bo- right. The boys are no longer with me. And, like, Nadine's cousin was coming in. So it was like... Uh, but they it, didn't die, right? No, They're not, like... No, dead. the boys are actually okay. in a much... <laughs> better place they are with Nadine's family right now um in Orange County so I flew with them it was a harrowing experience flying with them but Zico the Mm. little one that you heard in last week's recording who was like barking but also sitting on my lap the whole recording he sat on my lap the entire six hour flight like an angel baby and drooled on my arm and I took I picked him up I took him to the bathroom with me we were walking Mm. around he was like him and Kai, the two boys, were literally yeah. like royalty on the flight. Like people Aww. were taking pictures of them, <laughs> petting them. Like, b- yeah. like k- dogs have the opposite reaction of people on a flight, on like like of babies. Like you see a baby totally. and you're oh, like, absolutely. oh god, but you see a dog and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. So and they're the cutest things in the world, so that helps. Well, too. I had a yeah. I when I let them go to Orange County, I had like a tough goodbye, just because even though I Aww. had them for like six days, it was like. You you became attached. I was noticing when I was there I with really you. I was like, did. I really did. Yeah, like you were very concerned about their well being. Wanted to make sure they were good. Like I noticed that you grew attached quickly to them. So that's cute of you. Yeah, I've become. I mean, we all know I'm a cat person, but like right. I will say, this is definitely. And I and I've had a cat and dog. Remember with my ex yeah. or whatever. But yeah. I have sort of become like. I understand. Like cats are easier mm-hmm. for my lifestyle because they can be independent. But I get. When you come home and that all that to dog wants dog. is you, like yeah. I, I get it. I just fucking get it. I just love all Listen, animals. Who needs relate? If anyone's listening, you don't need a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Just get a dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, or a give cat. You one of, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, they'll give you the love you but need. But if but if I learned anything from the Instagram live that you and I did for my apartment yeah. last week, it's that yeah. maybe I need to think about getting jumping spiders. We'll get to that. We're gonna mention this at the end because um, I I don't know why anyone would bring that up to you, given that you have a very clear phobia but then, of spiders. But then sent pictures. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, before we get into this week's case, John, are you drinking right now? 
I am not drinking right now. It is a little early for me, and I'm going to be drinking later. I'm getting drinks uh, with somebody that you and I both know, Darren. So um, I just want to, like, you know, space out my drinking habits a little bit. So I'm just having – you know what I'm having, though? Let me tell you. Pumpkin oh. Spice Latte has arrived at Starbucks. Full-blown lesbian couple, mode. Okay. Full-blown pumpkin okay. spice. But I don't like the pumpkin spice. I like two pumps pumpkin, two pumps mocha. In my iced Two pumpkin spice light pumpkin. Closet. Okay. Mm-hmm. A polka. It's like a pumpkin mocha. Yeah, a polka. A polka. Okay. Or a, a mumpkin. A spice latte. Or a mumpkin. A mumpkin. Yes. Uh, that one's a little weird, but let's go with polka. Yeah. Okay, polka. Well, so I'm just having that for now. What are you drinking? That sounds delicious. Well, I am not drinking right now because it is so early in my day because I'm in Los okay. Angeles. So. Oh, right. But right. I do want to... So I'm drinking water, but I do want to highlight... I went out last night with my best friend, Aaron Rott, who, friend of the show. Love and, Aaron. And enemy of me. Uh, but That's also true, is my best yes. friend. And it's her birthday coming up. And I took her and her fiance out um, to this Mexican restaurant. And I'm not a big tequila drinker, as we all kind of know. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of get back into it. But Rott was like, you got to try these blueberry margaritas at this place. She's like, they're Ooh. amazing. And you literally don't taste the tequila at all. And she's like, okay. and the glass is as big as your head. Which it was. It was like a oh, fucking chalice. Um, okay. And it was. I like the sound of this. It was frozen. It was oh. maybe the best margarita I've ever had in my whole life. Oh my life. god! Like I knew it was one of those drinks that I was like, "This is dangerous." If I get to, <laughs> right? I know that I taste bud wise, I want it, but head wise, yeah. I know that I will. I'm not. I'm 33. Like Mama needs to know her limits now. And no, yeah, for sure. Um, but it was. I highly recommend. It was in this. Where um, Where did you get it? God, I want to say it was like, I'm totally going to butcher the name. It was like XOC maybe is what it was called. It was in Woodland Hills. I could be, I'm sure Rot's going to troll me so hard on Facebook about it, but it was in this Woodland Hills. We'll give an update next week. Yeah, mall, but it was just like, it was bomb.com. So highly recommend. Sounds great. Yes. Well, maybe somebody listening would want to try their own, you know, take on a recipe or something, if nothing else. Well, we've learned from our listeners, like how to do homemade sangria and stuff like that. When they pre-sun stuff, so... Yeah, those popsicles in a pouch or whatever the hell. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know we've all been extremely stressed over the last couple of years, more than ever, and it's easy to get lost in all of that. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And this service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. That is one thing I've really loved about BetterHelp. I've used it myself. Um, It's just really great. If you don't click with somebody, which happens whenever you are looking for a therapist, you can click out, find a new one, and on you go. It's really great. 
It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You can visit betterhelp.com shaken. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And we have a special offer for Shaken and Disturbed listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com shaken. On January 6th, 2007, which is now a date that will live in infamy, but before then it was just a normal <laughs> January 6th. I forgot, okay. right? This um, was one of the other normal January 6th. This was one yes. of those January 6th. Also my best friend Brian's birthday. Neither here nor That's there. That's right. Okay. That's right. So on January 6th, 2007, 23-year-old Christopher and 21-year-old Shannon had dinner at a local restaurant. Do you think it's Shannon or Shannon? I'm going to go with Shannon because it kind of just sounds more fun to okay, say Shannon. Okay, let's say Shannon. It okay, could C-H. be a, it, It's C-H. Like, it could be a play on words, but I don't know. So we'll say yeah. Shannon. Well, the young couple planned to visit a friend's home later in the evening to attend a party. Shannon was a senior at the University of Tennessee, where she majored in sociology. And Christopher was a graduate of a local technical community college and now worked as a carpenter. So these are good, great careers kind of going into. The morning, yeah. Yeah, I mean, carpentry, like... Sociology. Well, yeah, sociology. But even, like, I always think of just learning a trade skill, like plumbing, electricity, carpentry. Like, I wish I had that in school. They had, you know, it's funny. My uh, local school system had a whole separate high school where, like, if you wanted to go, like, like, get certified in those trades. Yeah, like, you would go in your 11th and 12th grade years to this other school. And, like, a lot of people did it and made great careers for themselves. It's just so smart. And, like, we've also talked about, I know, like, teaching in class, like, how to balance a checkbook and stuff is just being, like, right. these life skills. I mean, this kind of goes along with that. I just think that, For like, sure. the more self-sufficient we can be, the better. But back yeah. to the case. Well, the morning of January yeah. 7th, Shannon's mom, Dina, hadn't heard from her daughter or her boyfriend. Her worry grew after she spoke to Shannon's friend, who stated the couple had not shown up at the party the night before. Oh, God. And soon after, this is why I always say, I don't know if I could be a parent, because, like, even leaving the boys going on a walk for five minutes, like, I just, I imagine my kid at college going to their own parties. Like, I don't know how my parents did this. I don't know what any parent does this. I I, I was just going to say that, like, any parent. Yeah. I really don't know. There's a scene from, I don't know if you like Sex in the City, but there's a scene. You do like it? Of course. Okay, I wasn't sure. Oh, that's right. You're friends with SJP. Kind of forgot about that. But um, there's a scene where... Yeah, um, we're like best friends. You're like best friends. Yeah. Um, Miranda and Steve, who's Miranda, who's played by Cynthia Nixon, um, weren't together, but they had a baby, and he was meant to watch the baby for the weekend, but was like, I can't do this, because he was scared he was going to kill the baby, essentially, like most new parents, yes. how the hell they are. And Miranda, who, you know, I don't think really wanted to be a mom in the show, she's like, Steve, we talked about this. I spend one weekend making sure we don't kill the baby, and then you spend another weekend making sure we don't kill the baby. Right, and that's And it was so funny, because I feel is. like, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's what every new parent is feeling, so anyway... No, I couldn't agree more. You're just trying to keep yeah. this thing alive at this point. Yeah, at uh, this point. Right, shout out right. to my goddaughter, Mesa, who turned six months today. She's a baby. She's a baby. Well, happy six months. Happy six months. Uh, soon after, Shannon's boss phoned her home to ask why she hadn't come into work that day. Dina Ugh. called Christian's parents to let them know she was planning to file missing persons, missing persons report. Because Shannon and Christopher were both adults, authorities had to wait 24 hours before oh, yeah. starting to search for them, which... 
has got to be a very painful 24 hours for parents. Because, like, part of you is just hoping that it's like, oh, their phone died. Like, let me get a text. (sighs) And this worry was for nothing. And then the other part is like, if this worry is everything, then we got to start searching now. So it's very, very complicated. Have you ever worked somewhere where one of your employees like didn't show up and didn't call in and like everyone's kind of wondering what happened to them because that has happened to me before um no but it does remind me of the time that i went to go like take a hosting class in the middle of the work day and andy like couldn't find me and then called (laughs) like noah and other people who's like you were the last person to be seen with darren i saw her out last night with you where is she noah landau our friend yeah no (laughs) Like, Noah still saves the voicemail from Andy being like, where the fuck oh my is God. Darren? And I was like, that's amazing. Like, I'm texting him after this. I want to hear this voicemail. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. pretty fucking amazing. But I haven't been, but it is scary. Like, yeah. not knowing. Yeah. You know, you don't where know if somebody a, is. Are they in a car accident? Are they hurt? Do they need help? I mean, yeah. automatically, the human brain is going to go to the worst possible uh, scenario ever, yeah. right? As opposed to just like, oh, I left my phone at home, which happens well, yeah, and like. Not. Yeah, and you know, the other thing too is like if the person has a history of being somewhat unreliable, which this person was, and you know this person, so I'll tell you off the air who it is, but um, yeah, it was like a weird thing where like some of us were like huddled in a corner like, should we call HR? Like none of us really knew what to do or or who to tell that it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and no one knew where this person was. But uh, it turns out they were fine, by the way. Of so course. nothing to worry about. But um, yeah, it's a weird feeling. And I'm sure I'm kind of relating to where these people are too, D- uh, Dina's parents, because Absolutely. like... Or Christian's parents, rather, because it's like, what the hell do you do in those first 24 hours? Well, I think they did the kind of the only thing they could do. You know, they filed the report. They're waiting 24 hours. So in the meantime, the Newsom and Christian families started searching for their children in this time period. And in the early afternoon of January 7th, Christian's body was discovered by a train engineer. So kind of didn't take long, at least in some weird, bittersweet hell uh at least they're not searching forever and uh, maybe there's some closure here but investigators were able to determine that christian had been sexually assaulted shot in the back of the head and set on fire so oh my god not a relief in some sort of way but it's obviously the search didn't take long to find christian at least um yeah and what what we don't know about details Yeah. yeah yeah There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. My hair dries out really badly when I wash it, and it's really frustrating because I never know what to do with my hair after that. I kind of just have to wait and use some sort of conditioner or find some other dry shampoo. or It's always a, an annoying thing for me, but thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. I am not just saying that. I really, really love pros. Pros is so unique because you just sign on. You answer a few questions about your hair and your hair goals, and they create a customized formula specific to just your hair. It's amazing. I got a specific formula uh, shampoo, and it even has my name on the label, which is such a cool touch. Like, it just makes me feel like this isn't some other, you know, shampoo you can go to uh, a store and buy. Like, this was made just for me. And let me tell you, this shampoo keeps my hair hydrated. I don't feel like my hair's drying out. Uh, I might say it's even a little shinier than it ever has been. I'm telling you guys, and I'm not just saying this, I really have loved 
pros. I think it's really helped me in my hair journey, so to speak. Um, pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com shaken. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shaken for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. I could not uh, recommend them more. Well, almost immediately, authorities stated the couple had been carjacked on their way home from the party that they went to. Investigators believe that Christopher was behind the wheel of the car and Shannon was standing by the car's open door. The two were kissing when they were attacked at gunpoint by multiple suspects. Isn't it interesting how they can put all of that together all the way down to they were kissing? You yeah, know what I mean? How did they get that? Like I that, don't know. You know. I don't know. We don't have those details on our show today, but I would love to dig deeper into this. But with the help of her family, police searched for Shannon's body for two days. On January 8th, the car the couple was driving at the time of their abduction was discovered by Shannon's father. Can I just pause you here for a second? Because sure. I'm wondering what you would think if one of the bodies was discovered, Christian. So at least we, right. at least we have closure on this, as gory and brutal and disturbing as this is. But would yeah. you be hopeful for Shannon, or would you think she's just put in another place, like? In your mind right now, is there more hope or is there more despair? You mean in terms of discovering her body? Yeah. Or not? And like what happened to her? It's so funny you're asking me that question. I love that you asked it because, and by the way, that was not a setup, Darren. Um, she liter- Darren literally just asked me that coincidentally because there had been some developments in the Mara Murray case. I saw that. And yeah, Waiting I think for they found bone fragments? yeah bone fragments or something. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to get Lance and Tim back on our show, but um, from the Missing Mara Murray podcast and Crawl Space, which are great podcasts if you're looking for something to listen to, but. Um, you know, and I saw, I think even one of our listeners posted about this in our Facebook group and they were like, you know, I actually hope this is her. And it was like, me too. Oh yeah. You kind of do hope at this point, all these years later that. Right. It's weird to say that that it's the body and that, yeah. And like that there's maybe some closure to this endless nightmare that I'm sure that family and and friends are going through. And that's really what I meant about Christopher's body. It's like, I'm not saying that there was any relief in the family of finding this horrible thing, but at least the search not going on for 18 years and, you know, and like, cause sometimes having a small little bit of hope is great, but it's also devastating at the same time. Terrifying. Yeah. It's torture. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, I mean... I think because it's so early, I would hope that she's still alive. Yeah, you know, me too. I think after after a year, two years, you do have to sort of wonder what the odds are. You know, and I think I have a different perspective on this, as I'm sure you do as well, being true crime podcasters that worked at a true crime network. You know, so there is a sort of thing where, like, I have seen now in my experience that after about a year, you know, it's yeah. never usually a good, uh, a great outcome in terms of um, whether they're living or not. But yeah, I think that's where I would be at this point. Yeah, that's if fair. I were like her, like one of the friends. Well, that car that was found, by the way, by the who was it? Christian's parents or mm-hmm. Shannon's father? Like, imagine like all of the, you know, the police and everyone's looking, and then. Her father finds the car. Like, come on, guys. Like, what the fuck? Well, the car was searched, and although the vehicle had been wiped down, authorities were able to discover a set of fingerprints, thank God. Okay. The prints prints belonged to a man named Lamarcius 
I'm sorry, Lamarcus Davidson, who rented a home only two blocks away from where the car was dumped. Lamarcus was a known carjacker. I guess he had a record, who had recently been released from prison. Investigators obtained a warrant and searched Lamarcus's nearby home, where they found Channon's lifeless body inside a trash can on the property. So horrible. It's one thing if you're murdering, but to do something like where you put them in a trash can. I mean, it's just no respect for human life. Yeah, and speaking of which, it gets very devastating because Channon had been raped and had her neck broken before being wrapped in plastic bags and dumped in the trash can where she ultimately suffocated to death. Oh I mean, my god. One of the worst, one of the most horrible things I've ever had to read. The inside of Channon's mouth had actually been sprayed with bleach in an attempt to destroy the evidence. So obviously there was, you know, sexual assault happening here. Right, DNA right. from s- some semen. Um, yeah. I've actually never even read about a mouth being doused with bleach. In I had never I've, heard that either. In all the cases we've kind of covered, or at least that detail has never kind of come to surface. So yeah. it's kind of the first of its kind. This is truly disturbing. Well, in spite of the bleach, investigators found semen from several different sources inside Shannon's body cavities mm. and on her clothing. DNA testing proved that some of the semen did belong to Lamar- Lamaricus. And upon Mm -hmm. searching the murder scene, police also found a video rented from a Kentucky library by a man named George Thomas. What the hell? Okay. Um, Police started searching for Lamaricus, first interviewing his girlfriend, Daphne Sutton, who had lived in the house where Channon was killed up until the couple had gone missing. Oh. Okay, so that was very quick. And Daphne told police that on January 7th, Lamaricus was at the house with his half-brother, George Thomas, a man named Latalvis Cobbins, and a woman named Vanessa Coleman. There's a lot of names here, so we'll try and kind of go slow. But Daphne said she'd last seen Lamaricus when she dropped him off at the home of a friend named Eric Boyd. And authorities subsequently discovered several telephone calls between Lamaricus and Eric Boyd. This would make sense. They're hanging out. On January 11th, authorities found Latalvis... Uh, found Latalvis, Vanessa, and George at a house in Kentucky, which was about two hours away, about 130 miles away. And the same day, police were able yeah. to locate and stop Eric's car to ask him about Lamaricus's whereabouts. And at first, Eric denied mm-hmm. knowing Lamaricus, but soon changed his mind, telling authorities that, quote, oh. he wasn't going to do any time in jail and would tell them where Lamaricus was hiding. Okay, this is sussy. Yes, very sussy that you are now negotiating before you've even been questioned, but okay. Yeah, this is definitely going to perk up the authorities' ears. And Eric gave (laughs) authorities directions to a vacant house he and Lamaricus had broken into with a for sale sign in the yard. Well, officers entered the house where they found Lamaricus surrounded by food wrappers, scraps of lettuce, a McDonald's bag, and a can of potato chips. Not unlike how you discovered me in my apartment with the boys. Honestly, not unlike any of us. Let's be fair. It would be Taco Bell, but like basically the same scene. (laughs) Same scene. Yes. Well, inside the house, they also found clothing, a cell phone, binoculars, and a pistol. Okay, not like where you found I was going to say, again, (laughs) same thing Darren had in her house when I was there the other day. Yeah. Um, Well, Lamaricus was arrested upon his discovery, at which time he stated he'd done nothing to that girl. Which again. Oops. Come on. Like, how do you know we're talking about that girl that was found in a fucking trash can on your fucking property? 
but okay, property. I digress, yeah. Well, Eric voluntarily returned to the police station later that day for a follow-up interview. He's really trying not to go to jail here, where he recounted yeah. the details of Lamaricus's role in the carjacking and murders. As Lamaricus had told it to him, Eric stated that he had agreed to help Lamaricus avoid arrest after the carjacking and murders had been committed. Meanwhile, in Kentucky, remember there was something else going on there, George, Vanessa, and Latalvis were naming Lamaricus as the ringleader of the murders and all stating that Eric was at was his accomplice. So many people know about this, though. Yeah, that, like, if, yeah. If George and Vanessa and Latalvis were 130 miles away, why didn't they alert authorities after knowing this? And it's kind of rare that so many people would be involved, right? Like, right. usually with murders that involve multiple people, it's like one or two at the most. Well, because yeah, because you, you don't keep want people it a secret. to, you know, say the wrong yeah. thing. You don't want people, you know, ratting you out. So the least amount of people that know, the better. Absolutely. Well, police were able to find DNA from all five suspects on Channon's body. However, all evidence from Chris's remains were destroyed when his body was set on fire. So that Jesus. gives you an idea of how badly his body was burned. During uh, their separate interrogations, all five suspects were casting blame onto the other four, each trying to incriminate themselves the least. Of course, which never works. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it never works out that way. The picture of the crime that emerged from the individual stories was that Lamaricus needed a car and targeted Channon and Christopher for a carjacking. And as the couple were attacked at gunpoint, another vehicle approached and the attackers got spooked. Channon and Christopher were shoved into their car and the five attackers drove to Lamaricus's house. So this is obviously like... I don't know. Carjackings are just so terrifying because, I mean, most of the time it's like you are completely and utterly out of control. Like, you can't control the car. You can't control jumping out of the car if you get stuck inside of it. God only knows you'll, if you'll even survive. So I'm just, like, really shaken and disturbed, obviously, by these details. No, it's horrible. I mean, it, and... and they say that that's kind of like the five attackers drove to Lamaricus's yeah. house. Like, five versus two. I mean... Right. Well, the state of Tennessee has a criminal responsibility law in place, stating that if someone is aware of a crime and does nothing to stop it, they too can be held responsible. So this is sort of where the other mm. players kind of come in here. Uh, right. The Vanessas of the world and everything. And all sure. the suspects, aside from Eric, implicated themselves as criminally responsible by admitted to being in the house when the crimes took place. One of the key pieces of evidence, though, in determining culpability was Vanessa Coleman's journal. Although she purported to be innocent while the attacks were taking place, just a few days after the murders, she described the events of January 7th in her journal a bit differently. And she writes, quote, I love the fun adventures and lessons that I've learned. It's going to be a long, interesting year. I have had one hell of an adventure since I've been in the big TN, meaning Tennessee. And mm, okay. that is the opposite of a reaction of what you would expect from a brutal attack. Now, right. Vanessa's attorney claimed that she had written those remarks in an attempt to fool the other group members into believing she wasn't upset about the murders. Yeah, but like... Then why write about the murders know. in general? Like, Well, why write about them? And then I even have a thing in my head where I'm like, did she write that? Like, right. I don't know. There's so many things about journals. We hear about these know. journals, like all through so many different cases that just confess or... Or, or give an alibi to where somebody's been. It's like you can, anybody can write anything in a, on a piece of paper. It doesn't mean it's binding. Well, right. That's just my take on things. I don't know. I'm not even talking about Vanessa in particular. Just over the years, I uh, so many shows that we've done with journals that lead one way or another. And I'm like, 
if I write down, um, I really loved uh, making out with David Archuleta on my bed. Like, does that mean we did it? No, of course not. Well, this That's is just where in my this head, is where a know? lot of religion comes in. Just because it's written in a book, yeah. don't necessarily make it true. But again, back to the case. I'm back to the case here now. On the stand, Latalvis told jurors that he had indeed attacked Vanessa when she tried to leave the murder site, and that when she had threatened to call for help, the others threatened to kill her. So maybe okay. it's possible that Vanessa, like, given that yeah. detail, it's possible Vanessa was scared, so she's trying to kind of throw off the scent of it. But she, if right. you're writing in your journal the opposite of how you feel, and then you try yeah. and leave the murder scene, it's like, well, yeah. that doesn't What's really help. Right, that doesn't <laughs> help. So it's like, you're still yeah. fucked. Well, right, either each, way. Each of the five suspects was tried separately. On March right. 4th, 2008, the Knox County DA stated he planned to see the death penalty against four of the five defendants. On April 4th, just a month later, 2008, Eric Boyd was found guilty of being an, an accessory after the fact to the carjacking. He was sentenced to 18 years in prison. So no murder on his charge, just carjacking. Yeah. And throughout the next year, the other four defendants were tried separately on 46 different charges, including kidnap and rape. And the defense attempted to have key pieces of evidence thrown out, including the DNA samples collected at the house. However, the judge denied the motion and opted to keep the evidence included. I wonder, Which is interesting. I understand the defense obviously trying to get these key pieces of evidence thrown out, sure. but I wonder what their argument was like was it right, that like, it was tampered with or did vanessa plant it like i want to know what their arguing is well the dna you know is so fickle because as we've stated many times before like i visited darren's apartment last week now there's dna of mine surely like a hair is on the ground you know what i mean so like anyone's dna if you're in connect in uh, any kind of association with anyone could could be technically found well right so and, and to I'm, your point yeah, yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i was gonna say on the flip no, side it. of that is that like if there's a woman who's been raped and i'm charging well, right. you john and none of your dna is on this person i mean this is why i love the innocence project is because it does exonerate people based on dna yeah. evidence so there's it's kind of this double-edged sword in a lot of ways but yeah, I, I agree. wonder what the attempt what the defense kind of said about this whole thing for sure yeah and i think you're probably right it was probably something with the way they collected it but i we don't have that de those details right now but in august of 2009 latalvis was convicted of first degree murder for channon's killing and facilitation of murder in christopher's death he was sentenced to life in prison on october 28 2009 lamaricus was convicted of first degree murder felony murder and facilitation of aggravated rape he was sentenced to death on December 8, 2009, a few months after, George was found guilty on over a dozen counts of felony murder and two counts of premeditated murder. He was sentenced to life in prison. Mm. And in May of 2010, Vanessa was convicted of facilitation of murder, kidnapping, rape, and theft in relation to Channon's death. However, was not found guilty on any charges related to Christopher's death. She was sentenced to 53 years in prison. It's very interesting that she was convicted on rape. Like, you don't really hear that well, very often. You don't hear that very often, although it's probably, if all DNA was found on this person yeah. and collected inside, it's hard to know. I mean, females can rape other people. It's not no, likely, for sure. but it happens. And I'm concerned here because it doesn't, even though both deaths were absolutely fucking gruesome, I'm not saying that yeah, Shannon died better than Christopher, but it does seem to be a lot of focus on Shannon and not Christopher here. Yeah, true. That's a good point. 
Absolutely. Well, in January 2011, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation began investigating Judge Baumgartner, the judge who presided over the separate cases, because on January 29th, Judge Baumgartner's attorney stated that the judge was receiving opioid addiction treatment in a healthcare facility. Uh-uh. So now things are getting really weird here. The judge eventually resigned, pleading guilty to judicial misconduct before his death in 2018. In December of 2011, a new judge ordered new trials for Vanessa and George because of the former judge's misconduct. Now, again, this is sort of bittersweet here because for as shitty as it might be of getting a verdict that we all want, on the flip side of that, look at the Adnan Syed case. Absolutely. And a million others. And a million fucking others where... People deserve their day in court, no matter how gruesome the crime. And if people aren't in the right headspace or don't have the right evidence collected. Including the judges, obviously. Including the judges, then the case is going to be thrown out. So you kind of have to make yeah. sure that your case is sealed tight here. And all the all the dots are, you know, all the I's are dots and Eyes all the are T's dotted. are crossed. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think one of the things, well, let me, I'll wrap up the episode in a second with my thoughts about, remind me to come back to judges and the humanity of it all. Okay. But in November 2012, Vanessa was found guilty of kidnapping and facilitating a deadly carjack, and her sentence was reduced to 35 years. Okay. So, so okay. So switched. It was 53 and then... 35. Okay. And I don't know if that means they, it sounds like they threw out the rape charges and all the other murder related charges. It does seem like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. In May of 2013, George's sentence was reduced from death to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 51 years. And remember, these people are, I think, in their early, early to mid, uh, or mid to late 20s or early 30s at this point. So. You know, that's a lot. That's your whole life, essentially. Well, after the second trials concluded, Christopher's family reached out to George in the hopes he would provide testimony against Eric Boyd and help bring him to justice for his role in their son's death. George agreed to help put Eric in prison by providing testimony against him. Let me just say, like, listen, there's a value in snitching and stuff. But all of these people, even when they're being interrogated for being friends or trying to implicate the other person, you might want to get a better set of friends just as an idea, as a thought starter. But anyway, in April of 2018, just literally like three and a half years ago, Eric was indicted on counts of first degree felony murder, first degree premeditated murder, aggravated robbery, aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated rape. Eric's trial began in August of 2019... Uh, before sort of the world ended, and George, Daphne <laughs> Sutton, and Christopher's parents all testified against him. After a week-long trial, Eric was found guilty in all counts and sentenced to two life sentences plus 90 years in prison. Wow. So that's his whole life. And Vanessa will actually become eligible for parole in December of 2021, I believe. And two new laws were introduced in 2014 as a result of Channon and Christopher's deaths. The Channon Christian Act put new restrictions on what criminal defendants and their attorneys can do when trying to portray a victim in a negative light to a jury. That's good. And this yeah. law is similar to a longstanding rule that prevents prosecutors from bringing up a defendant's previous crimes to prejudice a jury. Also mm. true, I do believe if mm-hmm. you serve the time, you kind of should get it wiped clean here. The Christopher Newsom Act revises the rules for a judge acting as a 13th juror at the end of a criminal trial. And Interesting. And Judge Baumgarten's drug scandal led to a lot of fallout in regards to upholding convictions, particularly in these cases. This rule was put in place to prevent similar issues from arising again. 
And it also makes you wonder what other thing, you know, what other cases did this judge preside over that may have been affected? I hope they went back and retroactively approached all of those cases. Yeah, and and I just want to say, because I I misspoke, Vanessa actually became eligible for parole last year in December of 2020. So she is eligible. She's been eligible for parole. But I think that these new rules kind of... You know, listen, you don't want yeah. to prejudice a jury. That matters. Even if you think in your gut, like, you are innocent until you are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And for that goes for the least offensive case to the most offensive case. And so, you know, these yeah. rules are put in place to kind of make sure that justice is served appropriately. Yeah, and what I wanted to say about a second ago about judges and things like that is that the reality is we are all human beings, right? Even judges are human beings, even prosecutors, everybody who from, you know, the 911 dispatcher all the way up to Supreme Court judges, you know, we all hope that in their professional experiences that they are on their game and and making the right decisions and do, staying professional and in essence uh, providing service to society, you know? But the reality is we're all human beings. Judge Baumgartner had an opioid addiction that overtook him. And so many people's lives, you know, were sort of in his hands and in in an unfriendly, uh, unprofessional way, for lack of a better term. So I think what my point is that there's this, I feel like, expectation with so many people that I know personally, just having talked to so many people, that the system isn't broken. It's just corrupt or it's, well, it's this or it's, or it's that. imperfect because it's it's human beings yeah. running this you know that's ultimately to your point really why i believe in the innocence project me it's too absolutely it's because human error and losing human one error, innocent exactly. life is worth it to me to like there's reasons that all these rules are sort of in place you know and there's a reason that you're innocent until proven guilty right. but that doesn't mean that it's a perfect system it's kind of a exactly it's the best system we got in an imperfect world and if we can create guardrails for that where and by the way i think um the innocence project is a great guardrail i think it's really put a lot of especially attorneys like i think keeping you know just kind of keeping them in their lane so to speak i even would say the true the true crime genre and even podcasters have set up a a sort of separate guardrail as well. People aren't going to be able to just fly by and get away with this type of shit anymore because there are millions of people listening to this show right now and other shows that are going to learn about these cases quicker and more efficiently and they're going to say, hey, that sounds fishy. Let me um let me take this little story I have to Sarah Koenig at NPR and see if we can turn it into something. And then Serial was born. So little things like that that didn't exist even when this case was happening 2007 you know podcasting had just become a thing back then um whenever all these crimes were happening so i think there's something to be said about all that and i'm kind of on a little bit of a tangent but darren i think we want people to let us know what they think about this stuff too because we are eager to talk about it well and it's also like to your point before we laugh up before we wrap up and get to listener shout outs like these things elicit so much anger and so much emotion right. that it's really hard to think clearly about it and I think it's easy for you and I who kind of you know yeah. get to get to kind of talk about these cases that we're really far removed from to maybe like maybe yeah. remove our emotions a little bit better than if we were the brother or the sister or the mother or the daughter for of any, sure, of these, yes. any of these victims so we understand the emotional response to these things but these things are in place so that way 
emotions kind of don't dictate the day and um, they play a part, but they're mm-hmm. not the kind of defining factor to your point. So, um, but completely speaking agree. Of a- Speaking of emotions, let's get to. Uh, we obviously want to hear from you at Carpe Darren at Jay Thrasher. Um, yeah. Please let us know. Tag Shaken and Disturbed right on our Facebook group. We absolutely <laughs> want to hear from you. But uh, let's end on a positive note with all the emotions because I'm going to take this yes. first one because this one's okay. This, this one's directing. This one's terrorizing me. Um, this one's <laughs> directed right at me. But you know, everyone is obviously excited to see us together last week, John. Yes. Jessica on our Patreon said, "I love seeing you two back together. You both make the world a much brighter, happier place." Jessica, Aww. thank you so Thanks, much. Jessica. That's so nice. But um, here we go. Here's the one that's really yeah. To this me. one's tough. Now, Teresa says. Was so much fun talking to you guys, right? Emphasis on the so. Now, this is her opinion, not mine. Darren, right. I sent a pic to your DM of the animal you dislike the most, which happened to be a jumping oh spider because she claims Ugh. that these things are cute. And I gotta say, when she <laughs> sent the picture, what? Like, the eyes were kind of cute. Like, oh my I know. God. I don't want one, and I don't want one crawling over me, and I don't want one on my hand, but like, I don't oh know. The God. eyes were like, maybe it's because I'm a dog person. I don't know what's happening. But the Did eyes. Did Darren just become a spider person I don't right know. here on I'm, the show? No, I'm not a spider person. I can't. That's like, <laughs> I'm not a nightmare person. I'm not a spider person. But like, I want to say, yeah, right. Well, listen, you know, wrong side of the bed some days you could be well, a that, nightmare person. Well, that's true. Good point. But let me say this. We've gone from you driving upstate and turning around in the driveway of a spider ridden cabin to. True, true, true. To this spider had cute eyes. Don't spiders have like 16 eyes? <sighs> I don't know. I'm just saying there's a lot of growth let's one not, way or the other. Let's not you. ruin the image for me, okay? It had one cute eye. I don't know how many eyes it has. It has yeah. one cute one, okay? So it's like well, it's, also, a, it's dipping my toe into this pool of spiders. The okay? spider pool? The spider okay, pool. interesting. Would you ever see the movie Spider Man with me? Would you ever do that? I did see the original with. Um, <laughs> Toby Maguire. Toby oh Maguire. Honey. I mean, I saw that was the a Andrew, century ago. I saw the Andrew Garfield one. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, well, baby we're steps, sweetie. Baby, baby steps. steps. I got my spiders. swimmies on, okay? But isn't it funny? Sharissa was on our Instagram Live, which we kind of announced very quickly because I frankly wasn't sure if I was going to be in New York the whole time. But um, she was like, yeah, I have all kinds of pets. I have this cat. I have this dog. I have da-da-da. And then she's like, I have jumping spiders. birds. And I was like, what? what? Excuse me? I think Excuse both of you and I saw and I was like, absolutely not. This is not okay. Aside, and by the way, can we talk about jumping spiders? Could there be a worse adjective? I would, other right. than like Thank vampire God. spiders, what is worse than that? Why do I want something that's like, it's like, oh, a serial killer jumper. Like, why? Like, no. <laughs> what? Like, no. it's bad enough it's that no they can me. move quicker than the speed of light. I'm going to be afraid whenever we start doing live shows or whatever that Sharissa's going to bring this thing now, like this jumping spider. Just, Sharissa, if you're listening, do not bring the jumping spider. We will ban you from the venue wherever we yeah, end up going. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can handle it. I just don't yeah, know if I can handle I don't know. it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you, Sharissa, and thank you for everyone uh, who said such nice things to us. You know, even Darren on my Instagram, I got a lot of really sweet messages from people that were so excited to see us together. By the way, every time I post a picture of the two of us, my Instagram blows the fuck up. So just a heads up to you. I'm just letting you know. Well, That's I'll a good way to get I'll send you the naked likes. pictures later, John. Okay? We'll post, I'll post that on mine as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to, this is going to sound like a plug, but it's really just my excitement. The Margaritaville Hotel in Times Square. Hilarious. Darren, 
I know it, what it sounds like, right? Margaritaville. Who wants, you know, it's a little bit too Jimmy Buffetty, whatever. I it like is, that, though. Yeah, okay, great. It has a pool, first of all, an outdoor pool, which is unheard of in New York City, let alone Times Square. The other day, I was swimming in the middle of Times Square. Like, what is what is my life? Um, but You're just every, living, baby. You're just living. I'm just living my life. What can you do? And I have just had such an amazing stay here. Like, a friend of mine recommended it to me, Corey. I, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm liking the way this looks. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, get get into the Mar- Margaritaville lifestyle. But it turns out I did. It's a brand new hotel. It just opened in Times Square. But, but I got to ask you this. As a yeah, New Yorker sure. or someone who has lived in New York for many years, yes. could you ever see yourself staying in a hotel in <laughs> no, Times Square? No. Like, I just no. want your, okay. I know. Listen, that has been a whole other conversation. Like, we'll save that for so NMR. St- where like. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say staying in a hotel in Times Square is like me being okay with jumping spiders. It's like just baby steps. Let's go easy. It's let me tell you, it's extremely weird, but it is where I am right now in my life, you know, and hopefully I'll be back here full time soon enough. But for now, I'm in the Margaritaville Hotel in Times Square and all of the people have just been so amazing. And I just really highly recommend and a lot of people, Darren, I'm sure you get this too. ask me where's a great place to stay or a great place to eat or whatever whenever they're visiting New York City. So if you are coming to New York City, stay at the Margaritaville Hotel. It is so worth it. They have a rooftop bar on the 32nd floor with the most amazing views I've ever seen in New York. Where you can literally waste away in Margaritaville. In Margaritaville. That's That's right. right. That's right. right. Well, one one quick thing. Um, We got to say thanks to Megan. Darren, I wanted to change this up a little bit because we Megan's not on every show. She joins us like once a month when she can make it work. But I feel like we have to get the listeners to say thanks, Megan. Like, if you're listening to this show right now, I'm going to give you a countdown. And wherever you are, say thanks, Megan. Yes. And and that way, if you're, like, ever on the subway or, like, on a train or on a bus and you hear somebody say thanks, Megan, with headphones in, you know that they're listening to Shaken and Disturbed. It's like our little, like, ritual. It's like our little handshake. I got you. Exactly. You. So it, so in three, Darren, let's say thanks, Megan. And if you're listening to the show, please say it out loud because you're going to find other listeners out on the street with you. So let's do it. Three, two, one. Thanks, thanks Megan. Megan. I was there thinking our updated <laughs> version could be because of her Instagram handle is F off Meg. We could all just flip her the bird. Like, I'm cool with that, too. She's probably cool with right. that. So give your middle Maybe finger to say, Megan or thank Megan one way or the or, other Megan or just say out loud F off Megan we're gonna right. work through it in future episodes we're, gonna, but we're workshopping it right now we're gonna workshop it yeah we'll see what happens we're gonna run it we haven't even ran this by Megan like maybe she doesn't want us to say F off Megan we're gonna figure this out by next episode so let's hope let's let's fucking hope that's right well guys that is this week's episode of Shaken and Disturbed John will be back uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line next week with you <laughs> so we'll We'll have good. we'll have some haunted updates, but I will be back in New York, and I can't That's wait right. to see you guys then. And have a great week. That's right. Bye. Bye.